Good morning, Hope Jersey City. It's good to be with you this morning. Even with all the snow and the crazy weather, it's good that we can gather virtually together. And this morning, I'm really excited to continue our series on the book of Jonah, Into the Deep, where we're exploring this Old Testament book and the grace of God that is in it. And, and we want to use this book to communicate that God's grace and compassion is so much greater than we could ever imagine. I think we've often taken the book of Jonah and we sort of relegated it to a kid Sunday school story because it has an animal in it, but really it's this incredibly poignant story that I think speaks in an incredibly insightful way to the historical moment that we're living in today. You see, the book of Jonah isn't just a story about God's grace, but it's especially a story about God's grace in the face of racial and religious xenophobia. And to really understand this, you need to read the entire book of Jonah in one sitting. And let me start off this sermon by doing what all good sermons do, obviously, which is give you homework. If you've never, if you've never sat down and read the entire book of Jonah from the beginning to the end in one sitting, I really encourage you to do that. It's a really short book. It's four chapters long. It'll take you like five minutes to read the whole thing. But you really have to do that in order to get the picture of what's happening. Anytime we read a small passage, we want to interpret it in light of the whole. And here, when you read the whole book of Jonah, you see how what's happening is this incredible communication of God's compassion that strikes down racial and religious bigotry. And to understand that, you have to see the book of the whole and see that Jonah is the story of a prophet who doesn't want to go and share God's compassion with people that he considers unworthy of it because they are other from him, they are different from him. So that's kind of the theme we want to explore this morning, this idea of God's grace and the other. How do we experience people who are other than us? How should we encounter the other in a way that's informed by the gospel? So uh, let's read our passage this morning. We're in Jonah chapter one. To sum up what's happened so far, Jonah has received the call to go and preach in Nineveh and he's run away and he's got on a ship that's going to Tarshish. And as he's on this ship with the other sailors, a huge storm comes up. So we're going to begin reading Jonah chapter 1 verse 5. Then the mariners were afraid and each cried to his God. They threw the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten it for them. Jonah, meanwhile, had gone down into the hold of the ship and had laid down and was fast asleep. The captain came and said to him, What are you doing sound asleep? Get up, call on your God. Perhaps the God will spare us a thought so that we do not perish. The sailors said to one another, Come, let us cast lots so that we may know on whose account this calamity has come upon us. So they cast lots and the lot fell on Jonah. Then they said to him, tell us why this calamity has come upon us. What is your occupation? Where do you come from? What is your country? And of what people are you? I am a Hebrew, he replied. I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. 
Then the men who were, then the men were even more afraid and said to him, what is this you have done? For the men knew that he was fleeing from the presence of the Lord because he had told them so. Okay, so here's, here's what happens in this passage. This big storm has come upon them and Jonah is asleep in the bottom of the ship. The men are throwing stuff off the boat in order to try to give them a greater chance of survival. And they come down to him and say, hey, wake up, pray for us. We're, we're all praying to our gods. You should be praying to your God so that we can try to escape this. And then they cast lots. They, they, they basically roll dice or maybe like draw straws or something like that. And it lands on Jonah and they're like, Jonah, why is this happening? Who are you? Tell us about yourself. And that's when he tells them that he worships the Lord and they realize that this calamity is, is upon them because of Jonah's disobedience. Now I want to do something a little different this morning and I want to pair this passage from the book of Jonah with a passage from the New Testament. Uh, if you don't know, I'm getting my PhD in the New Testament and one of my specialties is the Gospel of Mark. And there's a story in the Gospel of Mark that is extremely similar to this Jonah story and I think putting them together uh, will help instruct us this morning. So let's also read a passage from the Gospel of Mark. Uh, turn with me, if you have Bibles, to Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4, we're going to begin reading at verse 35. Having just read the story from Jonah, listen to this story here. On that day, when evening had come, Jesus said to them, let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd behind, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. Other boats were with them. A great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that the boat was already being swamped. But he, Jesus, was in the stern, asleep on a cushion. And they woke him up and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? He woke up and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. Then the wind ceased and there was a dead calm. He said to them, Why are you afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great awe and said to one another, Who is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Now, if you've listened, you can, you can see pretty clearly that there are some really striking parallels between these two stories. The way the whole story unfolds has a great degree of similarity. In both stories, we have a departure by boat. We have a violent storm that happens at sea. We have a sleeping main character. We have um, sailors who are badly frightened. We have a miraculous stilling of the storm caused by the um, by the main character. And then, we didn't read this part of the Jonah story, but then we have a, a marvelous response by the sailors. And so the whole structure of the story is really similar. And there's even some verbiage, some words that are identical between uh, the story in Mark in its original language in Greek and the ancient Greek version of the Old Testament. Uh, the New Testament and the ancient Greek version of the Old Testament have some words that connect the story that are identical. When, when the sailors and the disciples say that we're about to die, it's the same word in Greek. 
when the storm dies down or stops, that's the same word in Greek. Uh, the reaction that they have in, in both, it says they feared a great fear, if you were to translate it really literally. There's a ton of interesting connections between this that, that seem to show that what's happening with Jesus in the Gospel of Mark is in some ways a, a redoing, a retelling, a reworking of the story of Jonah. Now, obviously not everything between these two stories is identical. There are two huge differences. First of all, Jonah is running away from God. Jonah is disobeying God's mission and trying to avoid it. Jesus, however, is obedient to God in his mission, right? Jesus isn't running from God when the storm happens. And then the second big difference is, um, is how the storm is calmed. In Jonah, the storm eventually is calmed because Jonah is thrown overboard and God stops the storm, whereas with Jesus in the Gospel of Mark, Jesus himself rebukes the storm and calms it in that way. But putting these two stories together, I think, will be instructive for us because it'll help us answer the question we're asking today, that question of the other. How do we encounter the other? How do we deal with the other? See, because in both of these stories, you have a a main character who is on their way to go share the gospel with someone different from them. And so we want to explore that question today. And there's going to be three main ways that we think about how we interact with each with the other. We can think about we're going to think about the calling, we're going to think about the challenge, and we're going to think about the choice. So the calling. When we think about how we have been called. There's a lot of similarities, I believe, between us and what we see in Jonah and in Mark. Right? In Jonah and in Mark, both cases, they are being sent to proclaim the gospel to people who are not Jewish. Right? Jonah is being sent to uh, the Assyrians in Nineveh to preach the gospel there. And in the Gospel of Mark, Jesus is leaving from the Jewish side of the Sea of Galilee, and he's crossing over to the Gentile side to preach the Gospel there. And this is especially clear in the book of Jonah, because there's this interaction between Jonah and the sailors that highlights um, how different these people are. The sailors ask Jonah this list of, of questions what is your occupation? Where do you come from? What is your country? And of what people are you? And Jonah answers by highlighting two things about himself. He says, these are the two pieces of information you need to know in order to know who I am. And we can safely presume that these are the two pieces of information that distinguish him from the other sailors on the boat. And these are the things he says. He says, I am a Hebrew. So he designates himself racially. And then he says, I worship the Lord, the God of heaven. He designates himself religiously. So Jonah is having this encounter with people who are both racially and religiously different from him. And I think this is a huge part of why this book speaks so well into our historical moment, because we live in a time, in a country, in a city that is incredibly racially and religiously diverse. And we're living in a time where we're struggling with, 
with unequal treatment of races and religions. And there's immense bigotry and systematic injustice that we are called to address. And Jonah is being called to address this too. Jonah's calling is to go and proclaim God's compassion and truth to these people who are racially and religiously different from him. The problem with Jonah is he runs away from it. And the story in the Gospel of Mark, the same thing is happening. Jesus is going to the other side of the lake to proclaim God's compassion to those who are racially and religiously different from him. And Hope, Jersey City, I believe that we have the same calling. In a time of upheaval, in a time that in many ways is characterized by, un by injustice, our calling is to proclaim God's truth and God's compassion for all people, especially those who are racially and religiously other than us. And so what does that mean? It means that we, it means that we can't be people who live in bubbles that are always the same. If, we're, if, if I'm only living my life with other white Christians, which is a huge temptation for me because it's much easier to live life with people who are like me. But if that's all I do, then I am not being faithful to my calling. We have this responsibility that God has given us because God loves and has compassion for all people. So this is our calling. In a world of racial and religious bigotry, we are called to proclaim God's truth and compassion to all. So we have this great calling, but unfortunately, this calling comes with great challenges. The challenge is really clearly illustrated in both of these passages, in Jonah and in Mark, by the storm. Both Jonah and Jesus in the Gospel of Mark, both of them, in trying to either run away from or fulfill their callings, experience a great storm. And I think this, this is really important. I, I really, I really want to emphasize this. Jonah is running away from God's calling and he experiences a storm. Jesus is being faithful and obedient to God's calling and he encounters a storm. Now, on the one hand, I think this is really hard for us because we want to believe that if we do everything right, then there won't be storms in our lives. We want to believe that if we're good people and if we're faithful, then things will be easy for us. But Jesus is a great example of why that's not true. He was good. He was perfect. And things were not easy for him. On the other hand, though, this is really comforting, I believe. Because it means that if you're going through a storm right now, if you are struggling and it feels like you're drowning, and if the waves are coming over you and you don't know how to handle it, then it's not necessarily because you have done something wrong. 
the storm itself is not proof that you have been unfaithful. Now, I, I do think there's, there's certainly some degree to which it's true that, that if we are faithful, um, our lives will be better, but we have to be careful about how we define that better. It's not necessarily better in the world, in how the world thinks of better. Um, and if we're unfaithful, there will be challenges that come up in our lives that, that we wouldn't necessarily have to face otherwise. But the simple fact of storms does not demonstrate unfaithfulness. And let me encourage you, if you're in that storm, it doesn't mean you've done something wrong. Storms came to Jonah when he ran away. Storms came to Jesus in his faithfulness. The truth is that if we are trying to be faithful to our calling, then the challenge of storms is a promise. And so this is something where we have to count the cost. Do we want to be faithful to this calling, knowing that there will be storms? Do we want to take up our cross and follow Jesus, knowing that Golgotha is on the other side? Do we want to be Christians, knowing that this is what's going to happen? Now, I, I, I hope that answer is yes, and I think there's really good reasons for that answer to be yes. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to, not trying to convince you to abandon the faith here. I'm, I'm trying to articulate how the calling and the challenges are linked together. And so we should expect them. We should prepare for them. We should support each other in them, we should be encouraging to one another. We should lift each other up. We should pray and we should seek God in the midst of them, but there will be storms. I don't think I need to go into great detail elaborating the kind of things that these storms can be like in our lives. We all have experienced them. We know what storms are like and we know that, that if God has called us to be people who proclaim his compassion in the light of injustice, then we better be ready for some storms. But our calling and, our, and the challenges of it mean that we have a choice before us today. And this choice, I think, is illustrated well between, with these two passages in conversation with each other. And that choice is this. It's between faith and fear. We see this in the story of Jonah. This idea of fear comes up a couple of times. Um, in verse 5, then the mariners were afraid. Then in verse 10, then the men were even more afraid. The sailors are experiencing a lot of fear in this text. And what's kind of amazing about the story of Jonah is that the contrast between faith and fear in Jonah, at least in Jonah chapter 1, is not between the sailors and Jonah. It's the sailors and the sailors, right? Jonah doesn't exhibit faith. The sailors are exhibiting both fear and faith. The sailors are the ones who are praying to their gods. And then later on in this passage, the sailors um, believe what Jonah says to them, and they even pray to the Lord for forgiveness before they throw Jonah over. There's this dichotomy 
that they're wrestling with between faith and fear. And this dichotomy becomes even more clear in the story in the Gospel of Mark. After Jesus calms the wind and the waves, he says to his disciples, why are you afraid? Have you still no faith? Why are you afraid? Have you still no faith? Here's the truth. The truth is the opposite of faith is not doubt. The opposite of faith is fear. Let me say that again. The opposite of faith is not doubt. The opposite of faith is fear. So that means if you're in a place where you're experiencing great doubt, if the search, if the situations and the calamities around you make you doubt, then that doesn't mean you don't also have faith. And it also means that if you're in a place where you are experiencing fear, then the solution to your fear is faith. Hope Jersey City, God has given us this incredible calling to be the messengers of his compassion to all people, especially against racial and religious injustice. And that is a calling that comes with challenging storms, but we can choose. We can choose to be people like Jonah who run away from it and who are afraid. We can be people like Jesus who have faith. Now, it's certainly not easy, but I hope that we will be people who choose faith. And here's why. Because when Jonah was in that boat, even though he was running away from God, God was still there. God was there in the storm and God was there in the sailors with him. The sailors were the ones who were, who were telling him the things he needed to hear. God was speaking to Jonah through the sailors. Even though Jonah was running, God was with him in that boat. And, and Jesus and the disciples in Mark 4, God was clearly with them in that boat. And Jesus himself rebuked the wind and the waves, exhibiting the power and the presence of God. And in whatever storm you're experiencing, and in this boat that we are all in, God is here with us. And so we can have faith that even if it seems like God might be asleep on the cushion, he is with us. And we do not need to choose fear. The king of the universe knows us, loves us, cares for us, and is with us. So we can have the courage to call out injustice. We can have the peace of mind to pray in the midst of storms. We can have the perseverance to endure the darkness 
because God is with us. So hope, Jersey City, let's be people who choose faith over fear as we pursue our marvelous calling. Amen.